studio analyst and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties that sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Tim, good morning. Man, I like the way you let that marinate. <laughs> Woo! I, I did that just for you. That was uh, that kind of got the hair standing up on the back <laughs> of my neck. I have so many things to talk to you about. Frugality so, at BYU like, in and other the words, Big Twelve. In other words, do in in other words, don't get off track. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay, leave that All to right. PK. If that needs to be done, he'll do it. Uh, okay. But before we get into any of the, the bigger picture issues, let's just go to the most recent games that people are still buzzing about. Um, more shocking score, the Jazz by 35 in an NBA game, or BYU dominating Oregon for 40 minutes in Portland? Oh, by far the BYU game. Um, yeah. Like, that was... That was just amazing to watch, really. Uh, and I didn't see it all. Obviously, got the Jazz game going, but snuck a peek. We had both TVs going out in the lobby. And, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, if you told me going in, uh, obviously the Oregon team is veteran. And uh, BYU just beat a veteran San Diego State team, too. So it's the way they're doing it, I think. It's, you know, um, gone to the days of, scoring 80 and trying to hold them to 79, you know? And, and I think they're just really big physical, and it was just really evident that their physicality really bothered Oregon last night. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, the Sixers are 0-5 without Embiid, and so – and that's obviously well out right. of too. And Dibble's out, too. You know, there was, yeah, there was a host of sure. guys out for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, BYU – And I'm a BYU guy, you know, what can I say? Oh, me too. I'm even. I've been a BYU guy longer than you've been a BYU guy. Yeah, I think probably... you. I think you're further up the queue yeah. than I am for those uh, coaches' circle tickets. Right. I mean, I uh, I've been a BYU fan since Chosich. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. With that in mind, uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most was BYU's ability to lock down defensively. I'm not sure when the last time I saw that was. No, it's been it's been a minute. And, uh, you know, I think Mark's done a great job since he's gotten there of kind of really em- emphasizing guarding physicality, rebounding, you know, all those things. And, and But, man, it was a clinic last night, seriously, because, you know, we played Oregon a couple times. Uh, we played them, uh, you know, prior to them. It was, it was when Dana first kind of got there for Creighton and was building his thing. Um, so we played them. In a home and home, we played them in the NCAA tournament. And in the NCAA tournament, they kind of did to us what BYU did to them last night. Just kind of 
dominated. And so it was really kind of interesting to see the tables turned. Uh, BYU got some really exciting young guys. I love uh, I love Foose Traore uh, from Mali by way of Wasatch Academy. Um, watched him from the time he was eighth grader, and he's just he's a man. And, and he went in there and just hit, you know. So it was it was fun to watch. Definitely the most surprising outcome, uh, but it was also really good to see the Jazz play great again. Tim McComb joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. So I'm curious, uh, and maybe it's just hard to know after three games, but Oregon has been a Sweet 16 or better team in four of the last five NCAA tournaments. And the year there wasn't a tournament, they won the league, and maybe they would have had another Sweet 16 run. So BYU fans, I'm sure, would like to draw a straight line to it. Can you do that? Are there too many transfers? Is Oregon not Oregon yet? What do you think? No, I think Oregon's Oregon. Uh, you know, uh, you look at their – I mean, just look at a couple of the guys they roll out there. I mean, Jacob Young's an All-American uh, you know, transferred from Texas. Uh, Quincy Garia. Um, it's, it's funny because we recruited Young because of a connection to – he's Michael Young's son with Coach Rose um, at Houston. And then uh, Garrier, the kid from – Syracuse that transferred is is terrific, and then Will Richardson's just a he's an amazing guard, and then they've got size and they've got skill, and so no, it, this is an Oregon team, and I, I think that Oregon team will probably be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. So yeah, BYU didn't just beat them; they really from from the beginning to the end they dominated them, and uh, it was interesting here after the game, Dane Altman saying he was embarrassed, you know, uh, you know. And because that's what BYU did to them. They just really basically took them apart. Yeah, they really did. Do you think Barcelo's an NBA guy? Gosh dang, man. I see. It's just funny to know how it equates, right? Like, um, I saw a stat last night somewhere out there in the Twitterverse that he's shooting somewhere 71% in his last uh, like 90 for 175 in his last 45 games, something like that. I mean, that's pretty darn good. And he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's physical, and he wins. So, I mean, not certainly not like right out of the gate, but I would imagine, you know, we've seen guys. You know, watched he, we watched McConnell the other night with the Pacers just, you know, with, just basically will his team to victory over the Jazz, you know, with, with uh, great hustle and had five offensive rebounds in the first half. So, there's certainly a place out there for guys like that, but becomes a numbers game, a fit game, and you know, there's a little bit. I would imagine a little bit of luck involved. The NBA doesn't really want six two guys. If you're at six two, um, I, I hear Ed Lamb talking when PK and I were sitting there to at a uh, BYU football media day. He was talking about measurables and guys they can develop, and you know, so you got college coaches, and you probably did this when you were recruiting too. You're like, I like that high school kid, but I need kids who are bigger, quicker, more physical, longer arms, and I will teach them to play basketball later. And then the guys who are actually doing it right now, but if you don't have the measurables, so there are six two guys in the NBA, so you can't say that there's no shot. But there aren't that many spots for 6'2 guys in the NBA. Some of them are already locked down. And I guess that's why you say luck in a numbers game. Well, yeah, I mean, because I, I coached a guy who won the National Player of the Year, you know, in college. And his game didn't translate to that level. And so, 
it's a different game. And but you you hit it on the head. It's it is like you have to think about getting taken to the right situation, the right team who's got some availability for a guy like you who you know will work with you through it. So there's a lot of those avenues, and and I think some guys um, you know find that fit, and others don't. But I coached a lot of really good six you know six to six two or three players that really their career ended when when college was over. Or they went and played, you know, for a couple of years overseas and then kind of moved on. The way I look at the Jazz is, yeah, they didn't have Embiid, so they should have won. But I was more excited about the Jazz being back in rhythm. <clears throat> and I think that's the important thing is for them to play in the flow and in the rhythm of the way they're supposed to play. And if they do that, <clears throat> they'll have success. And I thought they did that against the Sixers. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about that last night with Ron and um, David after the game, Jake and I, in crosstalk. Uh, if you if you haven't caught that segment, boy, it's riveting. But anyway, um, I, I think that that was what came up. It was like you can look at this thing and say, yeah, Philly was missing all these guys, but sometimes it's harder to play right that way because you, you really can do any, pretty much anything you want to do and you're probably going to find a way to win the game. But I really do believe that the emphasis from the sounds of it, the emphasis this week, hey, we've got to push the ball up. You know, too much of what we're doing right now is in the half court. And teams really have, um, you know, I look at the NFL right now and watch what Mahomes went through, you know, for several weeks in Kansas City. I mean, teams, when a team kind of changes the game, and you know, the other teams have opportunities to study film all summer all off season and and catch up and i do think the jazz were ahead of the game with the with the ability to shoot that many threes um but i think a big byproduct of their success was they did it early in shot clock often and that's kind of been a missing ingredient when since you know when the jazz went through this little lull so last night that, that was a point of emphasis ron was in the broadcast was saying hey you know he's calling out the number on the shot clock when they crossed half court and it was markedly faster so I think finding those easy baskets in transition with all those shooters just makes sense. Hey, I want to switch gears and, and talk to you a little bit about uh, BYU and the Big 12 and also uh, Kalani Sataki and however many teams are going to come after him. There's obviously three openings in the Pac-12, and, and his name has been linked to two of them. And bigger picture than even that, BYU had built-in advantages in the whack in the Mountain West. As the independent, they've been forced to stretch and grow and, and raise some money and do some things that maybe they didn't have to do before, which is good preparation for the Big 12, where I think they're going to have to do a lot of things you just don't have to do when you're dominating a league that doesn't have the same resources. You know, but there's also a mindset to be in a $60, $80, $100 million athletic department and paying people a lot more money. I mean, there's a mental jump to be made there to the point that at Utah, we've heard people like Chris Hill talk about, it felt like I got a brand new job when we went to the Pac-12. But we also know BYU isn't run just at the coach athletic department president level. Do you think everybody's ready to make that jump in transition because they're about to step into a whole new world and competing to keep Kalani Sataki is one thing, and it's a big thing, but it's also one thing for one person and one coach in a moment, as opposed to joining a league, and everything is different going forward all the time. 
Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I think, you know, I'm going to start with the beginning of that and what BYU has been able to do in independence. Uh, you know, I, I know there were a lot of people uh, that said that this was not sustainable, that, you know, it was going to really bring the, the athletic programs to their knees, you know, all the different things that were said. Um, so hats off really, first of all, the, the administration down there. I mean, Tom Holmes burned the candle and, you know, and his staff has, they've just done a great job of, of making it through, you know, what really was a, a difficult thing for the, for the university. Um, but they've, they've navigated it great and it's worked out great. Um, you know, I think what I've noticed DJ is, that it seems as though there's a whole lot of progressive stuff going on down there. And I, and I really don't know the roots of it, but I can only say that when I was there, you know, if a guy went out to play a game, I mean, even up until the last game we played and he had a little bit of facial hair, we heard about it, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I'm watching this year. And, and I mean, it's just, I, I was something that I'm like, Hey, we just need to relax this. Right. But I've seen hair coming out of helmets and obviously I just feel like overall there's a little bit more progressive feeling. Um, uh, the the guys that that are being brought in, or you know, guys that are be given be given a chance. You know, graduate fifth year guys weren't even really in the discussion at all. Uh, we actually got turned down on several because they didn't meet the requirement. So I think all that stuff is is trending toward progression, and which is awesome. I think that place has been great for a long time, but I think it needs to progress and. I think this is just a big step in that direction. And I do believe that they've got the two guys. They're the perfect age, you know, to run the two programs, Kalani and Mark. Um, I think the the fact that they're coming into some, you know, some money with the Big 12, I don't think it's going to be that hard. I, I know what what the church always talked about was living within the means of what you're, you know, you've got a budget and make sure you live within that budget. And if the budget gets bigger, you know, all the ask is going to be is to live within it. And so I would hope they'll take care of people because that's the one thing in my experience there, you know, it's the people that make the difference. I went back last week and I mean, I spent 10, 15 minutes hugging custodians and police officers and uh, ushers and people that I hadn't seen for a long, long time that have been there for years and years and years. Um, so it is the people that make it work and you got to have the right people in place uh, at the top of that thing. And, so my hope is that that that's what will happen. But I kind of feel like it will. I, I think I feel like there'll be a kind of a change in, in perspective. So the relaxing little things without making a big deal and making it noticeable, because I've heard, I've heard that. Like, well, look at player fill in the blanks hair, and I heard it last year. Oh, there was nobody on campus, and so somehow they got away with it, so to speak. And it was a topic of discussion. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, it's kind of like the way I, I, I tell this story all the time. When I first got down there, I wasn't quite sure, but I hadn't been around it, right? I, I was a Utah guy, and I kind of went in there, and it took six months for people to believe I wasn't just an implant that was trying to steal information. I had to actually, you know, make sure that everybody understood I was there for a bit. Um, but, you know, I'm a... I'm a big Diet Coke drinker, and I'm a caffeinated type. And when I first got down there, there weren't caffeinated drinks on campus. So I bootlegged my own fridge in, and I brought them in. 
Um, you know, and and I would go in the locker room after a game. I'd wrap that thing in a in a stat sheet. So you know, if the big guys, if the president <laughs> of the university or the brethren were in there, they weren't on, they weren't on to me drinking caffeine, right? Um, so one day I was walking in, and I was wrapping it up, and President Samuelson happened to be behind me. And he said, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just wrapping this up because L. Tom Perry was in the locker room, ready to speak to the guys. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Like, President Monson drinks about 20 Diet Cokes or Dr. Peppers a day, Diet Dr. Peppers. I can't remember what, what his drink was, but that made me feel good. And But, yeah, I mean, and then when they, they made the big change, right, there's a big edict that, hey, we're going to have caffeine. It's all okay now. But I, I sense what you're saying, PK. There's not a <clears throat> There's not a press release with it all. I think it's just naturally kind of happening. And, I think it's really, really good. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. They want to keep it "quote unquote" special, but I think it. I think there's a lot of great things about it. But I think as as we expose, you know, so much more of that to so many people that haven't been able to see it or be be kind of taken in down there, I think it's going. It'll be, only be a positive thing. Tim, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again, and we'll hear you on the Jazz and the Raptors Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Sounds good. I, I did follow <clears throat> I did follow Yach on Twitter. I've given it – I've known him for about 10 years, but he's had to earn my trust. And Just so you guys know, I followed him last night. I saw I that. I, thought it, I thought it was a hasty decision, but I don't want to second guess. You yeah. Know, you do you. I, I mean, I just didn't want him – it's okay, though. Yeah, he came to my concert, so he earned it. He earned the fall. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We'll get you up to date on all the stuff you've missed, and we'll do it next. Stay with us. The new Zone lineup is here. Give it up, give it up. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. We have been talking about the Utah Jazz and the BYU Cougars this morning because both those basketball teams went out and won by 30-plus points, and you just don't see that many margins of victory over 30 and you certainly don't expect it uh, the way BYU did did it to Oregon in Portland Uh, Jazz and Sixers I suppose a little more predictable although there still aren't a lot of 35 point blowouts in the NBA PK we got people weighing in here and we'll get to this in the feedback coming up in the next segment about how well the Jazz shot it the 120 number is really not that extraordinary of a number 85 is more unusual now the Sixers don't have Embiid and Simmons and other role players, so offensive production is going to drop. But you 
still don't see shorthanded teams held below 20 points in three consecutive quarters very often. And Philly, 19 in the second, 19 in the third, 19 in the fourth. I suppose if there's anything, it's that the Jazz defended these guys, even when it would have been easy to just trade buckets, run up and down the floor, and get out of there. Well, I think the Philadelphia 76ers caught the Jazz at the exact wrong time, right? They've been in a little bit of a slump, and they know that's not who they are. And they're at home. Nobody wants to ever lose at home. They're uh, irritated. Yeah, yeah. All those things factor in. You're severe, man. So let's go out and just pound the crap out of these guys. And that's exactly what happened. So it's really no surprise. Jazz and the Raptors tomorrow night. Raptors on the second game of a long uh, six-game Western road trip. And we'll see if the Jazz can sustain this because any one game, that's great. But the Jazz are at the point now where we expect sustained excellence because they are certainly one of the best teams in the league and everybody wants them to be the best team in the league, in which case you should go on a bit of a run here, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. When you start losing some games, you've got to make up for it. And, and the, this team, you know, they know what the goal is. The goal is obviously stated. It's not like it's below the surface. It's there for everyone. Everyone knows about it, and they know it, and they've spoken about it, as they should. So you can't afford any big-time lulls. You can lose games here and there. It's no big deal. But you need to make sure that you take care of business most of the time. You know, because certainly, my gosh, the thought of a first-round upset would just be unheard of, losing this team, having this team go out in the first round, the second, third round, and all that stuff. I mean, that's what the goal is. So you got to take them and check them off. And so what they did, they took it, they won, they checked it off, and you move on to the next one here, and they got, what, Toronto tomorrow, you said? Yep. You should be able to win that one, too. Light night in the NBA. Clippers got 34 from Paul George and beat the Spurs 106-92. The Warriors blew out the Nets 117-99. Steph Curry had 37. He hit nine three-pointers. It's effortless. It's basically a footnote. He is playing at a super high level, and Klay Thompson is expected back in a month. And they already have the best record in the NBA. So we all know who everyone is chasing. They've been, they've been gone for a little while, PK, but it looks like the Warriors are back. Well, Steph Curry, I don't think we've ever seen a player in the NBA do what he does. Agreed. And I don't think you can say that about any other player in the history of the game. Even the guy, well, first off, the three point uh, shot wasn't around for the whole history of the game. And then even when it was there, it wasn't used. You told the story about Ron Boone taking the three for the Lakers in the game that uh, Magic's first game was on, and they replayed it. Uh, and Ron Boone was on that team, and, and just guys just didn't shoot threes. So it's a relatively recent thing, so that helps us assess it. And like even the guys who are really good at it right now, I mean, Damian Lillard shoots, he can really shoot it. But nobody would say he's better than Steph Curry. He's not. And he can really shoot it. So Steph, no knock against Lillard, right. but he's not as good as yeah. Curry. Steph Curry is out there. He is, uh, he is one of a kind. All right, the other game, BYU, number 12 Oregon, semi-neutral floor, the Blazers floor, the Moda Center in Portland, and BYU took control of that game early and never let Oregon back in it. Not just didn't let Oregon trade hoops and compete. I mean, the lead went to 5, the lead went to 10, the lead went to 15. They were up 20 in the first half. And I don't think Oregon, I'd have to look it up here in the play-by-play, but I don't think Oregon ever got within 15. I know they never got within 10. They didn't even get within 15. I mean, it was just... 
that was Cougars wall-to-wall, and you waited for at least a run for Oregon. It never happened. It never came. It was all Cougars all the time. I think earlier in the game they set a tone defensively that it's going to be very difficult to score, and we're going to attack the boards too. I can't remember the last time I've seen such domination against a high-quality team by BYU. I don't know that I'd have to go back and re-look at the record books because nothing comes to mind. They've had a lot of impressive wins, but I'm talking domination defensively and on the backboards, and that's what they had early. And it was important, too, because their offense wasn't clicking a lot. You know, it took a couple minutes for both teams to score. Score, yeah, Oregon, yeah. Oregon longer than that. And their defense held them to where not only did they not face a deficit, they were able to get a lead even as their offense was a little slow out of the gate. And, boy, that is just extremely impressive. If they can do that, you're going to be in every game now once you know they get into conference play. Uh, they should maul most of the teams in there, and then we'll see usual St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Well, I think what and, you say yeah. is the critical point there about the defense and the fact that they couldn't score. To, at the start of the game, it's 2 nothing after three minutes. But if you can defend, then you can win consistently on the road. When you're going up and down with teams and you got to shoot it well every night, you're vulnerable to an upset or two on the road. But if you're going to oh, defend yeah, if you're like down 10 that, to 2, 12 to 2, yeah. that wasn't the case. It was right. awesome. If you're going to defend like that against Oregon, well, how much size and athleticism and quickness do most West Coast Conference teams have compared to Oregon? Obviously, Gonzaga's loaded. We know that. But you get beyond that, maybe St. Mary's? Maybe? Oregon is routinely a Sweet 16 team now. Well, where's the Final Four this year? Uh, hey, I'm just... Hey, it's time to get your reservations in. Let's go. Let's Google it. 2022 NCAA Tournament. I need to know the Thursday, Saturday first round sites. Oh, for sure on that one, yeah. Well, BYU's allowing a little facial hair. Maybe is, maybe if you go Sunday after 4 o'clock. Uh, I would work then. on the length of the shorts in relation to the top of the kneecap before I started worrying about Sunday after 4 o'clock. Okay, well, I mean, you got your priorities to worry. Final four, the big easy. The Superdome's hosting it this year. The regional finals, uh, oh, San Antonio, San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia. Cool, cool, cool. Start picking them out, PK. <laughs> First round, they can send you to San Diego or they can send you to Buffalo. Wide range of options there. No, there's only one option there. <laughs> What's that? That's San Diego. Nope, San Diego's a Friday, Sunday, sorry. Portland, oh, back to Portland, where we first got the idea that, hey, this seems special. Portland, Fort Worth, Indianapolis, and Buffalo are the Thursday, Saturday sites. So, there you, you go. You went to the Sweet 16 with uh, Pirtle and DeLon Wright. They went to Portland. <laughs> so, with the uh, getting in the, the day before the day before, so you could be at the press conference. So that means if it's on a Thursday, you're getting you got to go Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, and then you're not coming home. If they win, you're not coming home till Sunday. And I was there that whole time, and every single day was 51 and drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Portland in March. <laughs> I've told you the story. I called a friend of mine who was living up there, and I heard a noise in the background. And I he's, and we're talking for like five minutes, or whatever. And I hear this noise, and I'm like. 
are you at a baseball game? He's like, yeah, my kid's got a little league game. His kid was, you know, nine years old or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, wow, you got the rare sunny day to get the game in at Portland. He's like, no. <laughs> he says, I'm completely bundled up. I got the poncho, poncho on. He says, you don't play little league baseball in, uh, in, in Portland uh, unless you play in the rain. That's the whole season. It's going to rain. He says, you just got to stay away from the massive puddles on the field. They'll put up with the small puddles and play. But when that whole area around Sanga Base is a lake, then they, then they call the game. Man, it's funny you say that because as I was uh, driving to the airport on that Sunday, I went past a park, 51 in Drizzle, and a little league team was out there oh, practicing. Yeah. Yep, Drizzle doesn't stop anything. you got to have a lake around second base. I don't know base. how in the world you could live in that. <laughs> it's not, not anything you want to put up with or anything I want to put up with. San Diego and Phoenix, right. just raise your hands. We're soft. Thank you. Yeah. My wife laughs every time I shovel snow because she says, you said you were never going to live in the snow. I'm like, all right, quit throwing that back at me. I blurted out something yeah, stupid. Yeah, I do the same time. I, I, I do the same thing. I laugh every time my wife shovels snow. Oh, boom. There it is. There it is. All right, other stuff we've talked about in this show that you would like to pass along to the people. <laughs> Big 12, fining Baylor because they stormed the field. BYU, you got a year and a half. Year and a half to storm the field without repercussions. Baylor got fined twenty five grand for storming after upsetting previously undefeated Oklahoma. I think you should be allowed to storm the field as long as it's students and they stay over to their side and their guys and let the a visitor uh, walk away without any incident. How about that fifty something year old senior uh, uh, season ticket holder? That dude's got to no. stay up in row twenty eight. Well, no, he can go, but he can't storm. He can walk and stroll? Right, because the storm is just that. It's everybody running, right? You run to, the, <laughs> to where the group is uh, on the field, right? And you all get together and you jump up and down, blah, blah, blah. Maybe if it's a huge thing and a conference title, you hoist the coach up and all that stuff. No. Then, that's just for students and uh, families, uh, players' families, right? But the regular guy, he can come down, she can come down, but they don't storm. They just proceed in an orderly fashion. Particularly if they've got a seven-year-old kid. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you got to be able to take the kid or the grandkid down on the field and let them run up and down the field there. Run and up and you down take the pictures, yep. and then depending on what the situation is, you take pictures with... Uh, some of the players, they'll be around. Yeah, that's part of the deal. Come on. I don't think that the big tr- – if I were BYU, I would accept – I would not accept an invitation unless that was allowable. Kansas Jayhawks walk-on fullback Jared Casey caught the two-point conversion pass to beat Texas in Austin last week. He had only been on special teams. They had to put him in because of injuries, and then he ends up – his first offensive snap – he ends up catching the two-point conversion that wins the game in overtime. Name, image, and likeness kicks in. Now, he's from this tiny town, Plainville, in the northwest part of the state. They don't, they're so small, they don't have a car dealership. The nearest dealership is in Topeka and in Hayes, Kansas. Lewis Automotive Group signed him to an NIL, and Applebee's Restaurant okay, signed him to one. So, actually, I need to clarify one thing. Yeah. The Hayes thing is actually the town of Hayes has a name, image, and likeness agreement with this young man. It's the closest town to his where he grew a up. A town gave him NIL. Yeah. The dealership's in Topeka. But Wow. Yeah. So, Okay. 
Well, it tells you all I know about Kansas. I now know two players in Kansas history, Gail Sayers and, and Casey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Famous Kansas Jayhawk football players. I couldn't name you Chase any other Daniel. players. Yeah, Chase Daniels. Nah, I wouldn't have known that. I would I would have guessed Missouri or something. Uh, but no. No, I wouldn't have known that. So this guy's the second most famous Kansas football player of all time. All right, DJ PK, your feedback, all your tweets coming up next. If you've uh, grabbed your phone, send us the audio on our app. Yaka will play it. He'll do that next. Use the open mic feature on our app. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback, all the stuff you've been saying about the show today. Backcrack <laughs> answers the question, how about the Cougars hammering number 12 Oregon in Portland? What more can you say than wow? Backcrack says, you're a BYU lover and a homer. <laughs> I am. I don't deny it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and then this is a nice combination here. Thankful Tyson says, well, Q Ute fan saying it wasn't really that great of a win. Idaho Ute, yeah, it wasn't an impressive win at all. Oregon isn't good. <laughs> Does anyone really believe that? Oregon suddenly sucks? No. Last six years, uh, four Sweet 16s and a fifth team that won the conference title, but there was no tournament. One NIT yeah. team in there. Oh, we got another guy who says, it's things like this that made me wish I cared about basketball. It's up to you whether you care about it or not. Your call. I'm not going to try to convince you to care about it. Tyler says, you love to see it. <laughs> Tyler's got an 8-2 and two football team. Now he's got a 3-0 and oh basketball team. These are the good old days right here. Oh, I think it's the best program in the, in the West when you t- combine all athletics, don't you? Uh, well, you, I guess the team you would have said that is uh, in front of them is Oregon, uh, and then they took them down. Uh, you have no idea what Oregon does in soccer or volleyball, cross country. Oh, yeah, I was just going football and basketball, honestly. I wasn't going. Yeah, if you want to go to the, uh, the Director's Cup, then BYU's right up there. Women's basketball is usually pretty good. They're just getting going. Women's volleyball and soccer are routinely in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, Those teams should do hate, well in the I Big 12. I today, man. The Sun Devil women and the BYU women <laughs> today. Hard to believe we didn't do three segments with Juddy today. Break that thing down. You Deplorable says, wins in November are nice. Wins in March are the only ones that matter. How would he know? It's been it's been a minute since the Ute had Ute's had wins in March. <laughs> Did he ask his father? Uh, let's see. I, I can't uh, I can't uh, tell how old he is from this. Uh, he might be old enough to remember the Majerus Glory days. I'm sure he does. It was yeah. a joke. Josh, talking about the Jazz game, uh, are the Jazz on to something, or was it simply destroying the shorthanded 76ers? Josh says, that was a horrible version of a Sixers team that always plays Utah tough. It was 85% bad Sixers. Nah. I disagree on that. You don't destroy somebody with that big of a margin just because it's the other guy. 
35 points, 120 to 85. There aren't a lot of 35-point wins over the course of a season. There also aren't very many 85-point games over the course of a season anymore. All right, anything else you want to pass along to the people before we clear out and make way for Jake and Ben? Uh, Just as always, pray for me. Are you rallying at all? This cold is just going sideways. Uh, It's kind of running in place. Yeah. All right, well, more naps, more vitamin C, and you'll bounce back. Thank you. All right. DJ and PK, that's going to do it for us today. We will see you tomorrow. No Joe Ingles today. We don't usually have Joe on game day. Is that going to be a Friday Joe Ingles? Friday Joe Ingles, so you can look forward to that. All right, DJ and PK, Jake and Ben are next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.